Well, yesterday, George Klyovkov, Pac-12 commissioner, met with SMU. Oh boy, let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved conference of champions, which might be expanding here pretty soon. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Thank you so much to everybody who has done so already. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com com slash locked on today to get started it felt like a a literal but internet-based reincarnation of that iconic and seemingly timeless scene from the office okay it's happening oh my god okay it's app it's happening everybody stay calm everybody stay calm nobody has been calm it has been a wild 36 hours and we don't even know if anything is final or official yet. But here's what we do know. On Wednesday morning, George Klyovkov was in the Dallas area to meet with SMU, a school and institution often discussed here on this very show. It is looking like it is not confirmed at this point in time. It is looking like the San Diego State SMU as the leaders in the clubhouse for the Pac-12 expansion move. That is how it appears. Now, is it going to be two or four? It looks like two. It looks like two. But three days before USC and UCLA announced they were leaving, it looked like the conference was going to be just fine. Things can change in a hurry. Later in the show, Spencer C. McLaughlin Esquire will be appearing here on the program to discuss Tulane and Rice, which are both fascinating, especially in the context of of that SMU meeting. But the interest in SMU is very real. You understand why. Going into the Dallas area, a lot of TV households. Expanding your geographical footprint helps you perceptually, And it helps you quite literally get more exposure in a state that has a lot of the top high school football talent year after year. It's a lot easier for kids to know about programs that are on the West Coast if once a year or once every other year, rather with football, they're seeing every program come through Dallas. I think that appeal is really, really strong because there are some programs that can already recruit in Texas. Oregon can do that. Colorado with Dion can do that. Washington can do that. Utah can a a little bit. I think Arizona State could if they really, really tried. And, you know, we'll see what they do with Kenny Dillingham at the helm. They're off to a good start on the recruiting front. But it's the Washington States, the Oregon States, the Stanford and Cows of the world that can get greater exposure to people in that area. Now, there's also been some reporting that appears to indicate 
that San Diego State had a similar meeting with George K back in around December or so. So a little over a month ago. And that's what we have to go on right now. We don't have an official announcement as I record this show. We have meetings between the commissioner and the top two targets. I've evaluated a lot of programs here on the show, and we'll look at two more later. But San Diego State and SMU make the most sense. Now, in the Twitter craziness that has been the last 36 hours, where it's basically just a nonstop feed of people chiming in, and I love interacting with all of you, by the way, so by all means, keep them coming. A lot of you have great thoughts, some insight as well, different perspectives, I'm here for all of it, including the people who think the Pac-12 is dead no matter what, which obviously I do not share that particular opinion. But the Fresno State question continues to pop up, and they they represent, I think, a very clear number three team for the Pac-12 in expansion. I think it's San Diego State 1, SMU 2. I think Fresno State is three. You could make a case for a number of other schools that I've talked about Air Force is sneaky nice. They'd be an easy travel partner with Colorado, of course. Boise State has a lot of brand appeal, but academically don't know if they're going to you know, get the Pac-12 presidents to go for it, which is a really important factor to consider here. No realignment move at any point in time has ever been driven solely by athletics. It's been a, a, a huge force. It's been a driving factor. It's not the only one, and it's not the only major consideration either. And academically, San Diego State and SMU both fit the bill. Fresno and Boise State, however, do not, which is why I think they're a step below for the Pac-12 as they go into these uh, realignment negotiations. But the Fresno case is interesting. John Canzano had a great piece kind of laying out a couple of the programs that I, I've looked at here on the show, including UNLV and Fresno State, SMU and San Diego State, and kind of what they bring to the table. And what Canzano reported is that when you drop the LA schools, you are now losing approximately 6.7 million television homes. That doesn't mean at 6.7 million viewers. That means it's the number of homes that have a television that could be potential viewers. And then it's on the schools in the conference, but mostly the schools to grow their fan base and have people who who take an interest. I suppose that's on the conference as well. So if you look at that number, 6.7, that's a lot of TV households to try and regain. And with SMU and San Diego State, according to Canzano, who I tend to trust, you get about $4.1 million back. Now, that still leaves you at a deficit of a couple million, which is why the Fresno case here is interesting. What I have been hearing from people more connected directly than myself to these sorts of talks and negotiations is that Fresno has an outside chance of being a part of the Pac-12's realignment here. It only happens, though, if the league decides to go to 14 teams, which is not impossible. It's not out of the realm of possibility there. But Fresno, I've talked about them. If you missed that show, you can go back and watch and listen wherever you're watching or listening to the show right now. They present a lot of appealing elements 
from an athletic standpoint. Their football team could be relevant and competitive probably right away. They've made a lot of the necessary investments to be at the power five level. If not now, then perhaps in the next round of negotiations. But as it pertains to the Pac-12 specifically, they represent a bit of a defensive move on the one hand, but there's one number that makes them appear as an offensive move, which I will tell you about after I talk to you about FanDuel. We're excited about our new sports betting partner. You can't really bet any of this stuff because it's just too crazy. It's too wild. It's all over the place, and it's a thrill to be able to cover. But here at Locked On, we're happy to have FanDuel on because they're the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and Easy. Download FanDuel so you can bet Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and Eagles with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Anything you could ever need, you can get it on FanDuel. Go online or check out the app, which is super easy to use. It's safe and secure. So if join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So Fresno State exists in between Northern and Southern California. They're associated more heavily with the Northern part in terms of where their viewership could come from or where they'd be able to pull recruits from or where their brand is kind of a little bit stronger, but they are in what's known as the Valley. And the Valley in California has about 2.3 million television homes. Now, this is a question that I cannot answer, that you cannot answer, that John Canzano can't answer, and heck, even George Klyovkov might not be able to answer. What is the value of a certain number of television homes and the potential that that poses for viewership in one part of the country versus another? That is data and information that TV networks and executives have and that they study, and then it's their job to kind of, you know, permeate that sort of stuff through their staffs and, and come to an understanding of what the value actually is. There is a sense, or so I have been told, that the Pac-12 has seemingly maxed out its viewership in the Northern California area, but the middle part of the state that continues to grow, by the way, and has a couple million homes, like I said, there's there's some potential appeal there. But what the TV network executives would have to then decide or the conference would have to sell them on is whether or not they feel that they would be able to significantly tap into that viewership. Because on the surface, if you just look at the number of homes that have a television that could be watching your games, there's a pretty strong case for adding Fresno State as a 13th team and then you add a 14th somewhere else, which would probably be someone down south, one of the schools that we'll be hearing about in just a couple of minutes. But the way that, that, I, that I've come to understand the TV side of things is viewership and homes that have televisions or fan support and all that sort of stuff is not equally valuable in this part of the country compared to this part of the country. So the Pac-12 is already very heavily in the state of California. So adding Fresno State 
from a conference perspective, feels like a defensive move or kind of a, a safeguard in case Cal and Stanford were to get poached by the Big Ten in the years down the line. I don't think that's going to happen in the near future because they're not making the necessary commitments to athletics to compete in the Big Ten. So then the question would become, is is that worth it for the Pac-12? And then how does a TV network or streaming partner view that option? Because the Pac-12 has been in the state of California for a long time. And adding Fresno State, yep, you have access to all these television households. But how much more room to grow do you have from a viewership standpoint in the state of California? That's the question that they have to answer. I'm not going to try and answer it because I'm not a media expert or executive, but that's what they're going to examine with Fresno State. The presidents would also look at Fresno State, which have better academics than Boise State, not by a lot, but by a little, and say, is that a a school that we're okay with adding. They don't do a ton of of research compared to a lot of the other institutions, which is a factor for these presidents, whether you like it or not. I wish it was all just football-based, and football is a big component, but it's certainly not the only component. But that's that's the interesting question with, with Fresno. And I think if you did, I think if you did add Fresno State, you'd probably go down to one of these schools. Counsel for the plaintiffs, your honor, as in plural, I, Spencer C. McLaughlin Esquire, am singular, but I come here representing two proud and storied institutions, the Green Wave of Tulane and the Owls of Rice. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, your honor, members of the court, those listening to or watching in here at this point in time. I represent these two institutions that at their core represent what the Pac-12 is currently looking to attain, a stretch of its geographical reach. Now, reports of the commissioner meeting with the Mustangs of SMU recently, indicate the conference's very clear and very reasonable desire to be more than just a West Coast-based conference. This even dates back to the additions of Utah and Colorado, neither of which are states that you would say are in the most Western part of this country, because they are not. Going into the state of Texas with SMU is an exciting opportunity for the league. But I ask you, why stop there? The Green Wave and the Owls represent incredibly realistic options for your beloved conference of champions. If not only because a conference that is perhaps not considering other institutions who fail to meet their academic standards and reach AAU status. Tulane and Rice have no such concerns. Both rank in the top 50 in the country academically. Both are renowned institutions of higher learning that fit with the vision of the Pac-12, and the presidents would surely agree on this front. Both 
are AAU members. And those are the sorts of schools the Pac-12 is looking to add. But the case for Rice and Tulane need not end right there. Momentum is a big thing in college sports, particularly in the realignment talks. Tell me, any of you, can any of you name a hotter group of five football brand right now than the Green Wave of Tulane? Who went to the Cotton Bowl after capturing the American Conference Championship and did not just make an appearance, did not just have a good showing, but Willie Fritz led the Green Waves team to a victory over the Trojans and Lincoln Riley. That's the caliber of coach that we believe we have. He has been given time to develop Tulane into a consistent winner, something that has not always been a part of our football history. Even dating all the way back to when we were a chartered member of the SEC, a place we ceased to be associated with in around 1961. But I I digress. Because for many of you, it may appear that that is too far back. You need look only at what the Green Wave accomplished this year to understand the potential that they truly have. There are other American teams that are off to the Big 12 this year. They weren't able to beat Tulane. No. It was Tulane that emerged victorious out of the American Conference. It was Tulane that went and knocked off the mighty Trojans of USC, who had a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback. And it wasn't enough, for they could not stop the green wave. Now let me shift to the other client who are presenting a joint argument here with Tulane. The Owls of Rice. One of, perhaps the most premier academic institution that is not currently at the Power Five level. The Owls are often tossed into the same category as Stanford, Northwestern, and any number of premier academic institutions of higher learning. But that need not be the only reason to consider the Owls, who are located in the city of Houston. And earlier on this very program, I heard, or overheard rather, a mention of Fresno State and the Valley in California presenting about 2.3 million television homes. The city of Houston equals that number. And the state of Texas, which is now right in the middle of the radar for the Pac-12. The state of Texas is where Rice resides. If the Pac-12 wants to make a full-throated effort to get into the Lone Star State for the TV potential, for the recruiting potential, the exposure and the geographical reach, I ask you, why stop at just one school? Why do that? It's not a question that is easily answered on that front. 
Logistically, there is an inherent amount of logic for either of these programs to be warranted should the Pac-12 decide to go to 14 teams. I agree with what was said earlier on this program that Fresno State is a logical number three choice. But then that begs the question, where should the fourth team come from? It is only logical to make things easier on your new member, potentially, in SMU to give them a travel partner for football, for men's basketball, for all of the sports that exist at these fine institutions. Tulane or Rice, located either in the state or in the state right next to it, make more than a perfect fit for SMU to have someone to travel around with, which is not a non-zero consideration. A deal breaker? No, I will grant you it is not. But is it something that makes the case just a little bit more appealing? The answer is yes. The geographical reach of the Pac-12 needs to expand like every other conference in America seems to be doing. And academically, and in more ways than one athletically, Rice and Tulane represent very realistic options for the Pac-12. Thank you. And I yield my time. Thank you, Mr. McLaughlin, sir. It's always great to hear from you. Um, so a couple of interesting points there in that particular argument. The, the geographical reach is kind of where the appeal for Tulane and Rice starts and ends. Academic fit? Yep, totally. But th- there's a major question for both teams that would make it I won't say impossible, but pretty difficult, I think, for the Pac-12 to add them, or at least add both of them. The question for Rice is, are you going to show an actual commitment to athletics? Because they've been dreadful. I mean, they're at the point now where Josh Pate, who I really like, is um, (laughs) he's got a rule. On the Late Kick Show. Rule number one, don't lose to food. When you're the butt of a joke, and it's not even the first time you've been the butt of a joke, it begs the question, could you ever be competitive? And I got to tell you, it feels like adding rice would be like adding Northwestern. Every now and then, and I mean once a decade, they could pop up on the radar and maybe you know win a big game or two in conference play but if you can't compete at a high level in conference USA consistently and they can't i mean they are they're like UNLV but in conference USA and with elite academics that that's essentially what rice is appealing tv market elite academics but you just haven't been able to win. And you got to question the commitment. You got to question the functionality of it all. From a conference pedigree standpoint, Rice is pretty unappealing. Doesn't mean they're they're not an option because SMU and Rice, both being in Texas, I think that could 
maybe be a kicker that gets them over the edge, but I don't know if the big factors will pass the smell test for for the Pac-12 presidents and for George Klyavkov and for uh, for TV network executives too. I, I think they they would really really struggle there. They haven't been competitive in basically anything. They haven't had a winning season in Conference USA. UNLV struggles to get winning seasons in the Mountain West, which is at least a good G5. Conference USA is much weaker. They haven't had a winning season there since 2014. Their current head coach was on Stanford staff for a while, Mike Bloomgren. He hasn't been able to work it out. It just it seems like it's a tough place, so th- they would need to make some serious strides, and it just feels like that's a lot of ground to gain. Now, Tulane is more interesting on the athletic front. Because, as Mr. McLaughlin mentioned, they have a lot of momentum right now. Because that Cotton Bowl win, I mean, that's ginormous. That is, on the one hand, it's potentially Boise State Fiesta Bowl or any other G5 team that, you know, has won those big bowl games and gotten on teams' radars. And they were one of the best stories in college football this year. They were 2-10 and 10 the year before. They finished the year 12-2, and two, ranked in the top 10. Remarkable turnaround. Got through a very good, probably the best G5 conference in the country in the American this year. Houston was in there. Cincinnati was in there. UCF, SMU. There were some respectable teams. And they got through them all. Won the conference championship. So that shows you the ceiling. But here's the question with Tulane, and they've become a much better under Willie Fritz American Conference team over the last few years. They had a six-win season, a couple seven-win campaigns. They bottomed out to two and ten. They stuck with Fritz. They were rewarded handsomely this season. The question for Tulane is, is would they be what Rutgers has been to the Big Ten? Rutgers long, 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 long ago, like 2006, Finished the year in the top 10. I think they won a big bowl game. I don't remember exactly what it was. They were a double-digit win team. They beat a number one at the time. I remember it from the highlight on the 2000 to 2010 college football images of the decade video, which is fantastic. You just go look it up on YouTube. It's well worth five minutes of your time to take a trip down memory lane. Since then, Rutgers has not finished in the top 25 for a season. They've had some respectable campaigns, but since joining the Big Ten, they've been a consistent bottom dweller. And I think that's the risk with adding Tulane is you're going all in based on one season pretty much. They're a hot name right now. There's a lot of momentum. Is it sustainable? They did just build a new stadium. I think their facilities outside of that are maybe going to be behind where other Pac-12 schools are, but when more money comes in, maybe you get more donor money and can up the ante on that front. I, I, I think it's possible. I think Tulane and Rice have their appealing elements, but there are some really, really major drawbacks. I think both teams, athletically, the floor, I think it's really low. The ceiling... Kind of hard to say. I mean, Tulane literally beat USC this year. So if you'd put them in the Pac-12, they would have at the very least been competitive, right? Like, you know that. But that's what they did with this year's team. I think before you could 
look at them and say, hey, let's get into the state of Louisiana. I like going to New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. Selfishly, I want to go because, or I want Tulane to come in because I want a reason to go to New Orleans. <laughs> like, it's, it's one of the best food cities in the world. I'm a huge foodie. Anyway, so I, I think there are some elements, but I think Tulane more than Rice is a wait and see and then next round of negotiations for realignment or expansion. Let's see where they're at. I, I think there's there's some intrigue. Not ready to say it's it's a it's a team you could you could really justify adding in a big way right now. Plus their TV viewership and their market size. New Orleans is not as big a city as you think. They've got less than a million people in it. It, it feels like it's certainly on on the uptick. Um, though that's just just kind of a, a sense and whatnot. But brand power goes beyond the. The, the actual city. So, I mean, there, there's that component too. But anyway, let's uh, close with this question, fr- question from Vorlon Angel 1811. All right. Uh, quick question. It's funny because it's not that quick, but I'll have a quickish answer. Of the remaining 10 schools, how many votes are needed out of 10 to approve any new schools being added? Simple majority, eight, seven. So, I'll cut off the question there, then read the rest of it. My understanding is you need over three fourths. So they would need eight. So as all this expansion stuff happens, eight university presidents would have to say, I vote in favor of adding SMU and San Diego state. That is what I understand to, to be the case. It is not a simple majority. I know that it's not a simple majority. I believe it is eight. The reason I ask is because of what happened in the SEC when Texas and OU applied for membership and a cer- certain number of votes were needed for approval. Now, having said that, how likely is it that Stanford and Cal or Washington and Oregon, for that matter, are going to vote yes for any of the schools you mentioned regarding expansion? Lastly, you mentioned value for television. What television deal is currently being worked on? ESPN does not appear to be budgeting from their previous offer, and they won't compromise on the termination clause in the current offer, which leaves the pack with Amazon Prime, which is not TV, not technically. And current news is that Oregon, Washington, the Arizona schools will not sign a grant of rights away to the pack for a streaming-only deal. A deal with Amazon won't bother me since I have it and won't have to worry about switching channels and can just watch the pack on my computer if it's a top-10 matchup while I watch USC and UCLA on normal TV. So the TV question... I'll get to that first. The reports are that streaming is going to be heavily involved, most likely Amazon. That That's what everyone kind of anticipates. It is not expected for the reason you mentioned. I don't think any team, particularly, you know, now the flag bearers on the TV front, Oregon and Washington, would go for streaming only because that's a huge risk. It could work but it feels like it's more likely to decrease your total amount of exposure than than increase it and be some you know ridiculously revolutionary element to what you're doing so for, from a broadcast standpoint so I, I i think a hybrid partnership is the most likely here espn's offers reportedly been on the lower side but amazon might be willing to kind of overpay compared to what others might be might be up for because they're trying to get into this space. They've teased an Amazon sports app and they need content for that. And college football could be a great way for them to kind of get things started. Now, would Oregon or Washington or Stanford or Cal vote yes for San Diego State and SMU? I I actually think the answer to that question is yes. Because number one, they want as many eyeballs on the conference as possible. 
they all have individual brands, Calesso, that are appealing to a wide ranging audience to go outside of the West Coast footprint. So getting that into homes in Southern California, number one, again, or re-entering there is very important. But number two, getting into the state of Texas is not going to do anything but help the exposure for recruits and fans and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and just like raw viewership as well for their teams, for their coaches, for their players, and for the conference as a whole. And that helps them in the long run. And then if the Pac-12 has a bigger presence in Texas, it might be easier for them to recruit there. So there, it's not an automatic, I, I wouldn't say, but I do think there's a very plausible scenario where those schools look at San Diego State and SMU and say, yeah, we are getting some value here. Southern California TV market, Dallas TV market, Dallas recruiting, and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I think that's I don't think there are three schools of the ten remaining that would that would oppose that per se, pending all the details on on, on the media rights front. So um but but I am with you. Streaming only. Like if it's if if you can only watch Pac-12 football starting in 2024 on Amazon Prime, I think that's a mistake. But it does seem like that's going to be part of the equation, and I do think there's some upside there. Great question. Keep them coming. YouTube, Twitter, however, you know how to get in touch with me by now. Um, oh, boy, busy show today, but busy news day in the Pac-12. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day.